1: Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of the relatable voice. Today, the RV is headed to Sydney, Australia, to speak with Gerard McCarthy. Originally from Ireland, he is a coach and entrepreneur. Gerard, welcome to the RV.
0: Thank you. It's a, it's a real pleasure. And I want to say I love the show and I've been listening to a few of the previous episodes and yeah, I find them really inspiring actually. So it's terrific. So well done.
1: Thank you very much. I have to tell you that we are in Sydney. We made it here after a long RV journey to Australia. It was a long trip. God, and now we are on the hunt for the most excited things or the most exciting things to do in this gorgeous city so tell us what is your absolute favorite thing about living in sydney
0: goodness okay what a great question one of my favorite thing okay I my favorite thing is that I live maybe twenty minutes from the city. So what I love to do was to jump on a ferry, and, he- and the, he- the ferry comes from the west, and the head tor- it's heading towards the east. And when you come past Cockatoo Island, the first thing you see is the Harbour Bridge. You know the world famous Harbour Bridge. It, it's everybody knows Sydney's Harbour Bridge from the, the fireworks and New Year's Eve. And that's the first thing you see. And it's really impressive. And tourists are always photographing it. And it's, it's very exciting to be on a ferry, even though I've been in Sydney for 30 odd years. And then as you come under the bridge, the next thing you see is the opera house and the opera house is, you know, it's it's one of the most iconic, uh, one of the most iconic buildings in the world. And that's the next thing you see. And, That is, every time I take the ferry ride, it's like I'm like a little child going, wow, this is fantastic. Um, I guess the other thing this time of year in Sydney is you've got all the beaches are just buzzing at the moment. They're alive and there's lots of people there and it's a really exciting time to be in Sydney. And then you've got the coffee in Sydney is, is fantastic. And... Obviously, the restaurants, the food, and rest—you know—because it's such a multicultural city, you you're spoiled for choice. From Indian, Thai, um, South American, uh, you know, it's uh, just a range of of food. Italian food. There's lots of plant-based. There's lots of vegans. There's everything. So it's it's pretty amazing, actually, the the, the choice of food.
1: Gerard, yeah convinced me. I, I want to live here in <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners also are looking forward to seeing this city. Actually, uh, Sydney is on the cover of one of my books because as it is on my bucket list for a long time, I hope I can manifest my trip through this uh, artwork that I put on the cover this is for Zoe the crab and my dream will come true someday and who knows I'll meet you there Hmm?
0: and I'll take you on the ferry ride
1: (laughs) yes and what about Cork one of the most beautiful places in Ireland you're so lucky so what is like growing up there
0: Okay. Well, Cork is Cork is um is where my heart and soul it belong. It's, you know, it's where I grew up. So I I get to visit there every few years. Uh it's my spiritual home, I guess, because whenever I go there I just feel that it renews me in in many ways. Uh growing up there um had its challenges, I must admit. It it um it was uh, I didn't. I wasn't a very good student. I didn't like school very much, so I found that quite difficult. I wasn't. Um, uh, I was challenged in how I learned things, and I didn't fit into the 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 normal, I guess, uh, scheme of things. And so I found it from that perspective quite quite a bit of a challenge. So there's two parts to me. There's the part of me that loves where I've grown up, or and where um as i call it my my spiritual home um and i love going back there but i did have to leave it when when i came to my um my early 20s i knew that it was if i stayed there i was going to feel um it was too claustrophobic for uh where i was in my life and And when I said too claustrophobic, that may sound um, odd, but I felt that I was I was picking up bad habits, and they were going to get worse. If that makes sense, I was maybe having I was living a fast life in my early twenties, and I just felt that if I didn't get away from it, it might um, yeah, that things may not turn out. Mm -hmm. very well so I decided that it was time to go somewhere else I guess and I end up that's how I ended up in Sydney I guess.
1: Yeah I know what you mean and I was reading an article you wrote us and I see that the summer of 74 a time of glory and shame that you never forgot even after all these years, you were just 12 years old. So can share with us what happened
0: please Oh wow okay so when I was 12 at summer 74 I would have been 12 years of age and I um because I had all these difficulties in school and home life was yeah there was we had some issues at home as well and you know I guess, Uh, emotional health and uh, mental health issues were never really discussed it was it was well it wasn't a thing back in 74 and I was doing a lot of acting out I was um, getting into lots of fights and I was you know I, I had been smoking for a couple of years at this stage and you know 12 years of age but we one of the things I loved was the scouts and the big event in the Scouts every year there was uh, the camp, and you went away to camp for a couple of weeks. And this particular year was meant to be, I was getting an award, and the award was for a Job. Do you know a Job? Boba Job is where, during the year, each Scout is given an amount of money to collect, and they do certain jobs, and nowadays it might be a euro for each job you would you would do you get a euro but back then it was a shilling and that's why i was called a bob and so i had collected the most amount of money like i had collected maybe seven times the amount we were expected to collect and i was getting an award for this and which was great but however a few days before this was due to happen I was in a shop and I saw these two other kids steal a lighter and I thought, oh, this looks easy. So I stole one as well, and which was all fine. And it was a Zippo lighter. In those days, a Zippo lighter was the, the, the if you smoked, the Zippo lighter was the, was the lighter to have. And on the day I was supposed to get the award, the two guys, the other two scouts, got caught and they were found out that they had stolen a lighter. So word had got back to me that I was going to be sent home. And this is on the same day I was supposed to get the award. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So on a panic, I ran back to the shop and I handed the lighter back to the, the owner and said, I'm really sorry, I stole this lighter. And expecting the owner to kind of be cross with me he was actually very gracious and said oh you're a really good boy like you're very honest and thank you for returning the lighter but in my own mind I was feeling really bad the only reason I was bringing the lighter back was that I felt that I got caught and I had no choice and there was this pressure hanging over me that I was going to get um, sent home and so I was waiting for any minute to get tapped on the shoulder. I was going to be sent home. Now, at the same time, the award was getting closer to be presented. So this is like the Academy Awards for Boy Scouts. And coincidentally, the bishop, um, and that was a big thing to have the bishop be at this event. And not alone on that, I was going to boarding school that year. And my new principal, this is just Talk about coincidences all happening together. This is just unbelievable. The principal for my new school was going to be, was being, was there as well. No. And so I'm 12, my brain can't comprehend this. And I'm thinking, are they going to send me home? And I just had all this experience of shame and, and feeling really bad in myself. And at the same time, they called me up they present me with the award. And so on the outside... I'm this kind of hero, or really, you know, a great boy scout, and the bishop is shaking my hand, the principal is shaking my hand, and inside I'm feeling, I just wished that the earth would swallow me up and make it all go away. So it it kind of it, and and it was a moment like a, it, during my childhood, I didn't, I never really got. Uh, there was a lack of acknowledgement or being kind of made special. And this was kind of the one time that this was going to happen. And I had self-sabotaged this myself. I had kind of undermined myself and the whole process. And I this came to, I remember the story relatively recently, but more importantly, that, that whole thing of self-sabotage and how we can be our own worst enemy. And that was kind of one of the, the things i was looking at in when i reflected on that story was was um how we can undermine ourselves and i and i tried to look at the theme during my life how often have i done that since and um yeah so that was that was the the the, the essence of that story and um yeah yeah so
1: and i know that you've been
0: At LASIK Plus, we know LASIK is a big decision, and every one of our patients is unique. That's why we customize your LASIK journey to you. I'm so busy right now. We offer a mix of convenient days and times, including 30-minute virtual appointments to fit your schedule. I would love it, but I have astigmatism. We treat thousands of patients with astigmatism every month with great outcomes. LASIK Plus is making your journey towards 2020 vision all about you. So visit MyLASIKOffer.com today to start your LASIK journey
1: on a quite the journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about your struggles about self-confidence or is that correct? Sure.
0: Sure, yeah. I guess um when I came to Sydney I I was running on adrenaline, I think. I had I was I was quite competent as at um at work i was quite a i was a draftsman and at this stage i'd actually started a new business so i was quite competent at creating things and making things happen and so i worked hard but i also played hard and it was kind of my my mantra was you work hard and you play harder but i think what i was really doing was running away from myself and when i got to 30 all of a sudden um I just started feeling um, uncomfortable in myself and how it started the show was I got a lot of cold sores, you know, the cold sores you get on your face and your lips. So yeah. I was getting lots of them and I used to get them intermittently and I never really thought too much about it, but this time I was getting them, one would go away and the next one would come and then one would, they would go away and then, and it was happening. And it was triggering all the shame in me and I really struggled with trying to cope with it. And then I thought, you know what, I'm actually in trouble here. I don't actually know what to do. I just feel really terrible all the time. And that was the first time I kind of put my hand up and said, I need help. And so I went and sought out, um, you know, went and saw a psychologist and I went and saw some counselors. And then it kind of opened the doorway for me to do a lot of personal growth work and it was like i walked through this door into like a new shop where you could there was there was a whole new world of personal development and it was still fairly new in in you know it's not like today where it's like every second post on the internet is about you know self-help yeah. <laughs> whereas back then but it was still and and the internet wasn't as obviously as as there wasn't that much. In fact, the internet was just really starting up in those days. And but I found this was a whole new world, a really fascinating world. It was a kind of a, a bit of a roller coaster world because while on one hand I was intrigued with it, the other part of that meant that you did actually have to start feeling your feelings at a deep level, like if you really wanted to heal. You actually had to go in there and and do the hard work. So I had a love hate relationship with it. On one hand, there was this big relief that you could get this help, but on the other hand, it was it was embarrassing. It was shameful. It was awkward. I didn't want to tell people, and on, on one hand, um, it kind of felt a little bit awkward. And particularly being in, I was a male, well, I'm male, and but uh, I kind of, it didn't feel very masculine to be kind of putting your hand up and surrendering to your emotions. But on another part of me, I was starting to realize, no, this is actually good. This is what's been missing all my life. This So it was that funny, uncomfortable kind of, it was about like being on a roller coaster. Right. Of one minute, it's it's great, and the next minute it is scary as as hell. And um, but I did fall in love with personal development at that point. Sometime after that, I started another business, which was a real estate business, and I actually really enjoyed it, and and it was it was great fun. And for the first ten years, and I remember thinking one day, oh, I've achieved a level of success. Like a member, it wasn't like a a boasting thing, but inside myself, I felt, oh, I've actually achieved something here. I feel, and within 12 months, I got divorced, and it was my whole world changed again. It was, uh, it was quite, um, there was one thing to get divorced, but the manner of how the divorce unfolded shocked me. I did not expect. Uh, and I'm not going to cast blame on, it, but just what actually happened in the process shocked me. Like it really shook me. And so then I reconnected more with with my personal development work, with I guess my spirituality in some way, and because I, I was losing myself in a really rapid way, and I thought I need to, I need to figure out who who I am and what do I want, and that journey was quite interesting and then I recovered from that (laughs) and about seven years probably about seven years after that I was doing a project like I felt I was back on my feet and life was good again and it was and then I was doing this project which was really meant to be the my kind of landmark of I've recovered from my divorce, it's history, it's gone. I'm now in charge of my life again. <laughs> and that project was a disaster. It was supposed to be six months and kind of four years later, I'm still in. And that made me dig deeper again. And, um, and then I, I decided to sell my real estate business and that's when I started the business of burnt out to brilliant, yeah. which is really about questioning like who I am, what do I want and how do I actually get there? And since I've started that journey, I've reconnected with it. Maybe I've gone to another level with it. Um, touch wood, my, like, this journey has been awesome. It's been like, I've been loving it, and I guess I feel that part of my purpose is to to share that and help others, particularly business owners that uh, small business owners or business owners that have gone through it can be a laundry journey being a business owner. and um, and particularly if you've been doing it for a long time, you can you can find that it can be challenging and sometimes business owners, I guess they um, they expect their businesses, you know, to to be exciting and to be fulfilling and rewarding, like the keys to their uh, financial independence, uh, their happiness and their freedom. And sometimes that actually doesn't happen, and they feel, you know, kind of, I suppose, trapped and frustrated and um, stuck in the rat race. And what we do is, and what I do is i help them through that journey of i guess connecting with themselves and connecting with their purpose and also with with how to actually achieve that and that's kind of what i do but i'm doing it myself at the same time it's not like i've figured it all out and i know everything it's it's i'm on this journey myself as well. So yeah, it's been this has been really good fun actually doing that side. It's our decisions and not our conditions that determine our our mindset, our attitude, and our, our self worth. If you can remember that, it, it makes those difficult times much easier, I guess, to to um to bear and to deal with. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And congratulations for overcoming your difficulties and being able now to help others. This is fascinating. And your business is called Brilliant You. What inspired this name and why you decided to start this company?
0: That's a good question. And I think that the the reason I picked that name um, was that I thought, well, we are actually all brilliant. We are actually all beautiful, brilliant human beings. The problem is we just don't know it. We've, we've, we've telling ourselves another story that we're not. And it's, it's, um, and I thought, oh, actually, that's what we're trying to be. We're just really wanting to connect with who we are, which is brilliant. And so I have my website is actually called decide to be you.com.au. But it's, it's those that combination of brilliant you and deciding to be you, like making that decision every day that there's nothing better than deciding to be yourself, mm-hmm. as opposed to it's outside of you in some way and that was being my challenge all my life is that I was desperate to belong like I was really and my focus was outside of me and through this journey I guess is that I realized oh actually as soon as I connected with myself that everything changes and that's where you start to realize oh actually you are brilliant. The
1: search of For meaning in life is one of the most profound and challenging journeys that we can embark upon. My question is like, for some, the answer may come easily, while for others, it can feel like an elusive and difficult task. So, Gerard, why? is it so difficult for some people to find meaning in life? What is your opinion about it? (laughs) Yeah, just a little question. Do you have an opinion about it? Because not all the time we know about it.
0: Yeah, and I I think for a lot of us that the reason we find difficult to find purpose is we're avoiding our own pain. I guess we're avoiding our own story. I think for a lot of people their gold, their diamonds are actually in front of them if they embrace their own story and if they go into their most difficult times like if if they embraced or or actually look for if they pick most difficult time in their life and try and find something good in that moment in time it doesn't make the occasion unacceptable event that happened by anybody's standard and and not making the people right that may have caused the offence but if you actually go into the event and somehow look for something good in that event that's in there, you may actually find what matters most to you in life. And that can actually start to help you to connect with what your higher purpose is. The example that comes to mind is Andre Agassi. I don't know whether you know the story there, but when he was in his early years as a tennis player, he nobody liked him. He was... And he, you know, he fell to 141 in the rankings. And then one day he connected with his shame and his embarrassment about how um, he felt he didn't have the choice about his education. And he got this lightbulb moment about he wanted to give choice to other children about their education so they would be able to choose in the future. And as soon as he connected with that, everything changed. He went from, you know, 121 in the world or something, and he came back to number one. But not alone that, is that his relationships and how he connected with everybody in the tennis world completely changed. And, you know, there's only, people say the nicest of things about him now. Um, And then he went on to build, you know, something like 98 schools in the US. Um, You know, it's quite phenomenal. But his higher purpose was to help children have choice about their education. Does that make sense?
1: Makes a lot of sense. And I was going to tell you, in my opinion, finding your meaning in life, in my opinion, is when you find your mission. I believe that Andrea Gassi, his mission was to help kids besides yes. a super champion. When I found my mission, I think my my life became more meaningful, you know, but for some people can be a difference, but I think that having a mission in life, it's a big step.
0: Yes, I, I agree with you. And I I, I heard one person <laughs> describe it as embracing the cactus. And um and it's like, yeah, okay, that's that kind of <laughs> describes it. And That made me laugh because sometimes it feels like that is the case. But I think that takes us into this thing of the difference between pain and suffering. And pain is when you actually, you embrace what has happened, but suffering is when you keep repeating it or regurgitating it over and over and over again, but not actually healing and so it's it's a kind of a bit of a conundrum for people because they do run away from it, and at the same time, it's it's if they could just stop and embrace it, everything changes. Yeah. like it, it, what you said, Lucia, is that um, um is that that's where your meaning is. It's where your your mission is. It's where like if if somebody's ever stuck with knowing what their mission is, that is the first place to start. What are you running away from? Because that's where the goal is. That's that's only my opinion on it
1: anyway. Yeah, totally. I, I love
0: this topic.
1: I love to. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. I read that suffering is optional. It's a yeah, deep, and... deep conversation.
0: Well, well, so, yeah, I, I agree. It is a deep conversation, and suffering is is in some ways is the story, the interpretation of the story. And this is something that I kind of realized recently, um, my myself, or, or it, like it's all these levels of it. It's it's I was reviewing or kind of considering, and somewhere my relationship with my mother, and and then all of a sudden I started to look at it. From completely different perspectives, and I, like I had done lots of, if you if you do self-discovery work or healing all these relationships, but sometimes you have a bit of a blind spot, and you're not even conscious of it. But just recently, there was something with my mother, and I realized that I was still viewing it from the wrong perspective, and I had to completely change, or, or to look at certain events and go what can I find gratitude in that particular event and go into the event and look for something I can be grateful for? What did that event actually allow me to do like that in some way, instead of seeing, and in this case, I'm talking about my mother, but instead of seeing her as the enemy, what did she actually teach me about life that maybe I didn't want to to see? And it was like, oh, actually, without that event happening, then everything else can't happen as well. I I wouldn't be sitting here today looking at, you know, having a company called Brilliant You, except for the interpretation of those events. But now I can let them go and and go, oh, actually there is, I guess, sorry, what I'm trying to say is I can be grateful for some aspect of those events. And if you can do that, all of a sudden, things start to get richer very quickly. And it's like, oh, and you have these aha moments much quicker. And yeah, it's, it's quite um, a magical journey in many ways. Um.
1: So, Gerard, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. <laughs> yes. And for all our, our lovely listeners.
0: My website is Decide to Be You dot com dot au the au is for australia and if they want to book a one hour free consultation i'm happy to speak to anybody for one hour and give them some coaching they can just book in a session on on my website uh otherwise they can catch me on instagram and it's jared mccarthy one on Instagram, but my website's the best thing. And I'm more than happy if I can help somebody in some way, I'm happy to, to, and, you know, with no expectation, if I can help them, that's great.
1: Thank you for... Your presence here, your time. Actually, I hope I can come back to Sydney.
0: Yeah, it would be great. It would be an honor. Um, I love what you guys do. I love your show. And I did listen to a couple of episodes and I felt really inspired um, by the different people. I think that you had a young guy. He was doing some poetry and he inspired me. There was the other person, uh, the blind, the um, the had the wings right. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt, I felt that was a terrific story. So I just love what you're doing. And yeah, I would love to catch up again. And if you come to Sydney, I will take you on a ferry ride.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> and to the beach, I'm a beach person. Oh, I
0: just, <laughs> the beaches in Sydney.
1: Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.